some things that have to do with uh, being a mediator. But first of all, I do want to say that Tuesday being the fourth, now see, Brother Scott went on vacation and he made it really easy for me to be able to speak. Can everybody hear me? Okay, those of you that need hearing assist, Mike's got them. I know my voice sounds different than Brother Scott's, and so the microphones or the everything going on may sound a little different. Can you hear me? Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure. Uh, but being the fourth coming up, it'll be our 247th birthday as the United States of America on July the 4th. Isn't that something? I'm probably planning something really big for uh, the 250th year. Did you know that um, uh, our enemies probably are planning something for the 200 to spoil it for us? Amen. You know that they picked out a certain day to bomb the World Trade Centers, or not bomb them, but crash airplanes into them. And what was it? 9-11. What do you do on your phone for an emergency? 911. They planned that three years in advance. It took them three years to figure it out. So we got to be on our toes to let figure out what they're planning on doing three years from now. Amen? Because we don't know. Sometimes people like round numbers to make sure or some kind of corresponding number to help them remember what's going on and what they need to do, even if it's evil. So we need to be on our toes about it. And we need to remember those that made this country the shining city on a hill that the rest of the world can look to. You know, I see it a lot of times and I get kind of aggravated in a way that we're not even protecting our borders from all the onslaught of illegals coming in. I have no problem with people coming to America that want to do it legally. Amen? But if they weren't set it in their heart from the beginning, I'm going and I'm going illegally and ain't nothing you can do about it. That's like me walking into the bank and say, give me your money and ain't nothing you can do about it. I'm taking it. Yeah, how far would I get? I probably wouldn't even make it to the exit, would I? Amen, but you know, we have to understand illegal is illegal and we need to take charge in some of that. So uh, we need to realize that there's been a lot of things in Americans' history that brought us to the place we are today. Amen? There's been a lot of those that gave willingly the ultimate sacrifice. And you know what I'm talking about when we talk about the 4th of July and those that have passed on that died at war or in other situations to preserve the freedoms and liberties that we have. I, I want to praise those and thank them when I see those that served. And some of them, I thank them, and they didn't serve very willingly. Amen. It's kind of like Junior Sample said on Hee Haw. When he went into the Army, it was him and four MPs dragging him. Amen. That's back when the draft was in place. Amen. I got drafted. How about that? Of course, I didn't pass the physical, so I didn't have to go in. But, you know, there are some that served unwillingly, if you want to say that, or didn't volunteer, but they served just the same. Amen? And then there were those that signed up and went and served and served willingly. Amen? And now we still have yet today those that are willing to serve, that are what you would say active duty or in the military now, whether it be at home or overseas somewhere. We all have, and of course we have a, a list of probably 15 or 20 that we put up there as reminders 
to continually praying for those military personnel. I did see a sign, I don't know whether it was a sign or a bumper sticker or a, a post or something that said um, only two persons have given their life for each of us. One is the military and two is Jesus Christ. I want to talk about both of them this morning in uh, the message that I put together. And of course, Brother Scott being on vacation left me uh, to speak this Sunday and next Sunday. Well, it's easy. I, gotta get, I get to speak on the 4th of July. I didn't even have to think about, wonder what I'm going to preach on. The 4th of July, right? Or a theme along those. And next week, I got to speak too. What do you think I'm going to preach on next week? What's the following week coming up? Kids camp. What do you think I might preach on? Oh, bring the little children. Amen. Who knows? You know, those are the easy types of services to preach, but I appreciate him calling and asking, and, and we're moving forward with what he's got. So this morning, we need to say thank you in a greater way to each of them, Jesus Christ and our military. And I just want to know, how many in our audience served in the military? Stand up if you served. There you go. Thank you. Amen. And I know we've got more. They're just not here this morning. But uh, we appreciate all the sacrifices that people have made. And as many American military persons that have given the ultimate sacrifice by perishing on the battlefield, we that remain reap the benefits of those that gave all for us. We may uh, even be able to... Uh, call out some of those folks that have passed on, call them by name and even know and even be able to tell you uh, where they were at when they were called out of this world for the sacrifice that they made. And then there's some you may not know and you may go to a memorial service. And uh, I know Joe and I went to a brand new one they just built in Butler County went over there and walked around and read all the names and, and we knew more of them than we thought. There's quite a few names there that Joe went to school with. So there have been some real sacrifices given for us to have the freedoms that we do have. Amen? But many of them never got to know us. They died for us and not knowing who they were dying for. Amen. The only one that I believe that knew everybody he was dying for was Jesus Christ. You was on his mind, the song says, when he was on the, Christ, on the cross. He not only knows our name, he knows everything about us. And he wants us to stand up and be thankful for the sacrifice that's, that has now taken place. Amen. Now, when you uh, know somebody or see somebody uh, that has given the sacrifices, amen, tell them thank you. Amen. A lot of people are, if you would, kind of proud of what they did. You know how I know that? Because they wear a hat. Say World War II, Korean War, uh, Vietnam, or whatever their hat says. Um, thank them. And not only just the military personnel, but what about the police? And the firefighters, they go to work every day. When they kiss their family goodbye, they don't know if they're coming home or not. 
because they may be called to give their life for the safety of someone else. That's what it's all about. They know that when they sign up. So this morning, I'm going to take a text from Hebrews, and I'm going to read in Hebrews, the ninth chapter, starting in verse 6. I'm going to read down through verse number 15. Now this morning, just so you, I can confuse y'all, I'm going to read it from the everyday Bible. It's a little bit different, same wording, just put together a little different. Now I'm going to read uh, verse number 6 through uh, 15. When everything in the New Testament was made ready in this way, the priest went into the first room every day to worship. But only the high priest could go into the second room, and he did that only once a year. He could never enter, in, enter the inner room without blood with him, which he offered to God for himself and for the sins of the people that did not, did without knowing that what they had done. The Holy Spirit uses this to show the way into the most holy was not open while the system of the, of the old holy temple was still being used. This is an example for the present time. It shows that the gifts and sacrifices offered cannot make the conscience of the worshipers perfect. These gifts and sacrifices were only about food and drink and special washings and these rules for the body to be followed until the time of God's new way. But, you know what that means, don't you? On the other hand, when Christ came as the high priest of the good things we now have, he entered into the greater and more perfect tent. It was not made by hands and does not belong to this world. Christ entered to the most holy place only once for all times. He did not take with him the blood of, bull, of goats and calves. His sacrifice was his own blood, and by it he set us free from sin forever. The blood of, bull, of goats and bulls and the ashes of cows and sprinkling uh, on the people who are unclean, and this makes their bodies clean again. How much more is done by the blood of Christ? He offered himself through the eternal spirit as a perfect sacrifice to God. His blood will make us make our consciences pure from useless acts so that we may serve the living God. For this reason, Christ brings a new agreement from God to his people. Those who are called by God can now receive the blessings he has promised, blessings that will last forever. They can have those things because Christ died so that the people who lived under the first agreement could be set free from their sins. In this reading, there's basically a, a, a first section and a second section. There are two types, and it we find that as he's reading this, verse 6 to 10 is of the Old Testament law versus, versus number 11 through 15 covers the New Testament law that Christ is representing to us. Amen? So in verse 6, we find that the priest went into these rooms every day. Not the high priest, the priests. They were doing that every day. Did you know that that's when Zechariah 
found out he was going to have his first son was when he was doing his daily priestly duties in the temple. Amen. He had never had a child before and an angel was in the holy place there where he was in doing the daily work of a priest. And the angel said, guess what? You're going to have a baby. And he said, oh, shut up, man. Now, I don't know what he said. He said, you and Elizabeth are going to have a son. And you know what his name was? John the Baptist. How about that stuff? Amen? And it took his breath away, evidently, because it also took his voice. He wasn't allowed to speak until after John was born. Isn't that something? But what was he doing when he met that angel? He was in the temple doing that daily work. Amen? So uh, let me say it this way. The priest that made those sacrifices made them for someone else as well as themselves, and they used the blood of something else to be the sacrifice for the someone that they were sacrificing for. For example, they could use doves or pigeons or goats or anything that uh, the Levitical law required and that was to ease their conscience. You know, the scripture says it didn't clear their conscience. And it was a conscious thing that they would pay for those animals to be sacrificed for them. Actually, that money and that sacrifices was one of the ways they had of uh, maintaining the temple and keeping bills paid there. Isn't that something? Now, isn't it easier just to write a check and throw it in the offering plate? Isn't that better than bringing a goat to church and spilling blood all over the place? Hey, gee, we got it made, ain't we? All right. Nonetheless, let me give you uh, an example. If you're driving 40 mile an hour through a 25 mile an hour speed zone and a police officer clicks his little machine and takes a nice picture of you doing that, he writes you a nice ticket and there's no sense saying, I'm not guilty. It's pretty obviously that you was speeding. Now, what do you do about that speeding ticket? You get to write them a check. Isn't that something? Well, that's good. At least he's not asking you to go buy a bull or a goat and take it to the altar and slay it and take the blood and pour it out somewhere for your guilty conscience of going 15 mile an hour over the speed limit. Amen? See, we've become a little more civilized, if you would, in our uh, time and in how we do things. So rather than argue about it, so you write this check for X amount of dollars, and guess what that's supposed to do? That's supposed to teach you a lesson. Huh? How many of you are brave enough to raise your hand and said you have more than one speeding ticket? more than oh my goodness look at all I'm telling you the truth and I have to raise mine too amen amen you would think that that cleared our conscience by writing that check for speeding we wouldn't do it no more that usually don't take long I'm amazed when I see one of those spatial license plates that they put on some people's vehicle that's yellow with red letters and it's you know six or seven numbers those are for guys that have at least three 
DUIs. I may not be exactly right on that, but I think you have to even have three or four before you can even qualify for one of them. You've already had to pay the fines. You've already had to spend time in jail. You've already had your license taken away and maybe given back. Now you're marked. And if you see one of them, a police officer has the right to pull you over. Even if you're not doing anything wrong. You're driving the perfect speed limit or less. He can pull you over to check and see if you've been drinking. Because you've made yourself known to the community that you're a forever repeat offender on that uh, part of our law. So we have to be careful. It's one thing to pay the price and have a, your conscience cleared and not do it no more. But we're all human, aren't we? Amen? Some more than others. Let's just say it that way. Amen. So in verse number 7, we see what the high priest had to do. Once a year, he had to go into the Holy of Holies. Amen. Now, you know we've talked on this many other different times, but it was once a year he did it, and he had to take the blood with him because it was not only for his sin, it was the sin of all the people once a year. Amen. And, of course, uh, God set all that up, if you would, uh, through the Old Testament rules and regulations, and he didn't even know what those sins were he was putting that blood in there for was to cover. He didn't know whether it was for murder. He didn't know if it was for stealing or speeding. He had no idea when he went in there with that blood what sin he's covering with that blood. Amen? So uh, there's no reason that he should have even known. He didn't even have the power or authority to even forgive those sins in the first place. If he did, um, he could have done that and forgiven himself, but how he had to do that? Oh, according to our scripture, he would have had to die and sacrifice his blood. He didn't do that, did he? Because if he did that, he wouldn't be walking in the... Right? There's only one person that did that. Jesus Christ. Amen. Look in verse number 8 and 9. It says the Holy Spirit uses these examples to show the direct access to God was not yet established by a perfect sacrifice. Amen? And the Old Testament laws, the Levitical laws, they used the, the blood of whatever, bulls, goats, or whatever, because the scripture says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. That was good in the Old Testament. That's good in the New Testament. If blood sacrifice is all God will accept if he's going to forgive Sins. So we had to establish a perfect sacrifice. Plus, those sacrifices cannot make the conscience of those that are worshiping God perfect. They didn't have the power to do that with God. Why? Because everybody still has a memory. Amen? A lot of you have done things. It hurts your conscience, and I'll speak for dude. I've done things that I, man, I wish I hadn't done that. How many times have you said that to yourself over the last 75 years? Amen? Well, here we go. Uh, we can remember our shortcomings even if we've asked for forgiveness from them. We may have asked God to forgive us. Amen? That may be an older prayer or in our prayer time at home when God's Holy Spirit speaks to our conscience. You shouldn't have done that. 
And then you can even stand up, go to the phone or go to the person and say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Amen, I shouldn't have done it, I shouldn't have said it, shouldn't have been there, shouldn't have, whatever the list might be. Amen? All right, so those things is what we talk about is our conscience uh, that will remind us from time to time. And there's one thing about a conscience. If you forget, there's always somebody to remind you. I remember what you did. Amen? How many times has somebody said that to you? Amen? Who do you think you are? Huh? All right. Well, a lot of the sacrifices done daily in the temple were for people that would be repeat offenders. For example, just like when you uh, paid your ticket for speeding, that was not going to make you a perfect driver. Amen? Look how many repeat offenders we got. I'm probably looking at those same things uh, when I think about other issues in our lives. Now, in verse uh, number 11, we want to look at what God did with the New Testament portion. They're actually the exact same thing, except the sacrifice is different. All right? And God brings them to us, and he lets us live out what we know of the Old Testament. And those folks that in uh, the day of Christ, they didn't have the sacrifice of the perfect Lamb of God to clean them up. They only knew the old way of doing it. And Jesus had to not only live knowing there was a perfect sacrifice to come, he knew it was him. Amen? Amen. So here we go. Verse 11. It says, but when. Somebody say, but when. Amen. But when Christ came as the high priest. Amen. I thought you'd get a joke about that. Amen. He entered into a more perfect tabernacle. He didn't enter into the temple, the first room of the temple. He didn't enter that, did he? Where'd he go? He went to the cross of Calvary and from there to the tomb. He didn't go in there, but he said he went to where he went, which was cross of Calvary, and he did his blood sacrifice there because he did it in a temple not made with hands. You know our bodies, the temple, I, I could take time to, for another 45 minutes and go to the Bible and prove that to you, but you should know that. And in Jesus' case, he did something that was not made by hands, the scripture said, because it is not a sacrifice for this world to trample under their feet and just put it aside like they did the bulls and, and uh, goats' blood in their day and time. In other words, he opened the door of direct access to God for whosoever will. Amen? In verse number 12, it says, Christ entered the holy place once for all. One time and one time only, and all was taken care of. When Christ went in, he didn't take a worldly sacrifice of some animal of some kind, but he sacrificed his life, gave his blood, and by that sacrifice, we are set free, says in that verse. We're set free from the sin forever. Not just this year, not until next week, it's forever. The sacrifice he gave is a forever sacrifice. I don't know about you, but I think forever 
beats year by year all to pieces. Amen? All right, I like that idea myself. Amen? I'd like to buy a car that's forever. Amen? Now, year by year, we've got to go back and fix it up and change tires and pray. Well, well, that's the... But when God does it, he does it forever. Amen? Verse 13, if the blood of bulls and goats could have made the people clean for a year, verse 14 says, how much more? Someone say, how much more? How much more? All right. Is done by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Much better than bulls and goats' blood. Amen? So when he offered himself as the perfect sacrifice for God, it was good for all times. For whosoever will, not only for us, but those that came before us, and it'll still be good if God leaves this world standing for those that follow in our footsteps. Amen? So as we read the four Gospels that tell about Jesus' sacrifice on Calvary um, and, and the final hours of his life, we sometimes get the opinion that it was because of the high priest or it was because of King Herod or the Pharisees or the Sadducees. They just wanted to kill him because they didn't like him or whatever you want to think, they were all out to get him or maybe even the Roman guards didn't have anybody else to beat up on that day, so they decided to pick on Jesus. Amen? So uh, to do a good job, they figured, well, let's get it over with and just take him out and make sure he doesn't come back anymore. Well, it didn't do him any good because he came back 40 days or three days later and walked this earth for 40 days, and they didn't even know it for the most part. Amen? He's pretty cool, ain't he? He could walk right amongst them, and they won't even see it. Amen? Did you know that? Isn't that something? And we can have people come into the church that are Christians and walk amongst us, and we may not even know it because they didn't stand up and throw up a big flag and holler and carry on and whistle and, and say, I'm a Christian. You don't have to do that. You live like you have a clear conscience, and everybody will know you're a Christian. Amen? All right. Well, as we're ready to put it all on all the people in Jesus' day as executing capital punishment on Jesus, you know what they were? They were just pawns in God's great big plan to bring salvation for all of us through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? So God, through him, allowed all of us by faith to have access to his throne. As we live by faith, and use the grace of God as access to this ultimate sacrifice for sin, we can gain a clear conscience from sin and rebellion and serve the true and living God. Amen. Isn't that better than saying, you know what, that bull I bought cost me $300, then I just turned around and killed it. Well, you know, they had to have some money and some meat to sell and put into the temple, so the priests got to eat too, you know. So they had uh, prime rib after you made your sacrifice. Well, in verse 15, it says, for this reason. Someone say, for this reason. All right. Christ makes salvation available to those that accept God's new agreement with his people. Isn't that cool? Amen. So we're going to accept 
what Christ did for us that we can move forward as the people of God and do with a clear conscience what God wants us to do. Now, how do you know you got a clear conscience? Because it doesn't see around and stab you in the back all the time. You know when you did wrong. Amen? When my wife says, don't eat that pie and she leaves, she knows I didn't obey when there's a dirty fork in the sink and half the pie is gone. Right? Now, I can blame it on the dog all day or whoever else would happen to be by that day. She knows the truth. And my conscience even knows the truth. We need to make sure we have it to where we're clear before God in everything we do. The King James Version in verse 15 says, Christ is the mediator of the New Testament. Amen? Took me a while to get there, but we wanted to talk about Christ as our mediator. Now, what is a mediator? A mediator is somebody that can go between two different parties of some type and we think of it a lot of times when we talk about strikes between a company and a union and they've been on strike for a while and the union won't budge, the company won't budge, so they call in a mediator. Sometimes some of the things that are they're on strike about are really important and affect a lot more people than just those union fellows and those people that own that business. And the government has the power to step in and, and command that a mediator step in and settle the argument because they're affecting all of us as well as themselves in this strike affair. So that's what it is. They bring someone in to settle the issue so both parties benefit from the new agreement that's going to take place after they settle this, if you would, strike. Now, we couldn't go to God ourselves. That's obvious. He's holy. He's never made a mistake. And uh, God certainly has done everything he could to rectify or bring us to the table, so to speak, so we can settle this strike between us and God. Amen? It's called sin. Amen? We had to get that strike settled if we're going to be on terms with God. Amen? So Jesus Christ steps in and bridges the gap between God and us so that we may uh, walk in that new agreement that will bring us together with God in our lifetime. Amen? In 2 in Timothy, the second chapter, now I'm going to go back to King James. 2 Timothy, the second chapter, and I could go on and on and on, and I, well, I got a little bit of time, about this mediator. But I'm just going to give you this example about it because here in 2 Timothy, the second chapter, or 1 Timothy, the second chapter, uh, first uh, six verses here, it talks about a mediator. Verses 1 and 2, Paul gives us instructions to those that have been introduced to that mediator and how they're supposed to conduct business with our fellow humans that may or may not know that God's will and God's ways are for them so they too can live pleasing to God. Amen? 
You want me to read it to you or are you going to take my word for it? All right. Uh, I'll, I'll let you read it for a bedtime story. I'm going to refer to one through six down through here, but I didn't read it. All right. If everyone was saved, can you imagine that? And lived according to God's holy righteousness. Amen. I'd, I'd always said if we just could get everybody to obey the Ten Commandments, we'd be miles down the road better off, let alone the righteousness that God has for his people. Amen. Paul says here in verse 2, this is even good for the kings. But we need to live peacefully even with the kings. Now we know it's hard to live peaceful with the kings because all they want to do is taxes. Amen. Now if there's one thing we don't want to do is pay taxes. How many of you want to pay more taxes? Huh? No? Everybody's satisfied with what you're paying, you think? All right. I, I, I don't understand that. They put those bills on our, uh, when they go to the poll to vote and they vote for this issue, that issue, I scratch my head and say, why would I vote for more taxes? I, I don't understand that. Now I realize some of them have a good uh, point and uh, we used to work with the, Bonnie and I were Fairfield Township Police Academy graduates. Amen. We went to the police academy and learned all about the police. And they hired a new guy to come in and run the place. He tore it all apart. And you know what he wanted? The first thing you want to do? Pass another issue. And then when he did, you know what he did? Spent it all on the wrong things. And guess what? He was not our police chief very long. Amen? Amen. We got a lot of voting power, don't we? Amen. I even know some of the trustees because they got lawnmowers too. Amen. All right, but anyway, Paul says in verse 2, if we're going to live a peaceful life in all goodness, good, in godliness and honesty, we need to have peace with our kings and those that have authority over us, right? Well, what if they were saved? What if they were godly people? What if they wanted to see everything work to God's benefit in their lives as well as the people they're supposed to Represent. We send them there to represent us. I think all they do is go there and find dirt on somebody else so they can write a book and become millionaires. All right? Well, it seems it worked out that way for a lot of them. Now, this is only going to happen when we all come to God's new agreement. When we come and give our hearts and lives through Jesus Christ and yield to what God wants us to do in our hearts and lives, then we're going to have, if you would, what the scripture says, we'll be able to lead a quiet and peaceful life. Boy, wouldn't that sound good? How many of you got woke up by the thunder last night? Oh, we want a quiet, peaceful life, don't we? Amen. You got a dog, he probably started barking his head off as soon as that thunder cracked and let go. Amen. I even noticed a bunch of trees got blown down on my way to church this morning. Ah, we like the quiet, peaceful life, don't we? Well, we know where that comes from. Amen? So uh, this only is going to happen when we all have come to faith in Christ and live the way God wants us to live. Now, in verse number 3 and 4, we're going to talk more about what we're after. It says, this is what God wants to see in all people is salvation for everyone. And we come to a knowledge of the truth. I like that verse. Amen? 
For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, who will have all. How many is all? All men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Amen? Uh, there's one thing I don't like is debating and arguing over Scripture. Amen? Now, if somebody's dead wrong, I'm going to let them believe that and let them go their way. Uh, I may say to them, I've seen this in the Scripture, or I may try to point a Scripture out to them, and I'll probably do it in privacy. But if they still want to believe something that I don't believe in the Scripture... We just part ways and they can believe what they want. And I want to believe. But we need to all come to the truth. Amen. I won't back down from something that God has shown me is truth. Amen. Jesus Christ is truth, it said. Amen. He was flesh and then he became the word and then he became truth. The first chapter of the Gospel of John tells us. So uh, he was grace and truth that brought us to where we are. Okay, so now in verse 5 and 6 says satisfaction can only come to pass because of our mediator. There's where he is. Amen. There's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Amen. So it's between God and man, the mediator has to fit. Just like between company and union, the mediator has to sit between them and bring them together. Amen? That was Jesus' job, if you would, or the ultimate job that God expected him to accomplish when he sent him to the earth to live amongst the people of his day and time and live the way God acted, act, actually wanted him to live. Our only connection to the one and only God has to come through Jesus Christ himself, who gave himself a ransom that's what it says, ransom. That ransom means sacrifice. Amen? When did he do it? When he died on the cross. And who did he do it for? All of us. He said for all. Amen? So, you notice that here at the end of that particular scripture, this was done in due time, the scripture says. I'll just let you in on it. We're going to talk about due time Thursday night. See how easy this preaching stuff is? It just falls in your lap the farther you walk with God. Amen? Now what is due time? Due time's God's time. Amen? I heard a man speak on this subject for a few years back. Possibly some of you might have been there when we did it. We went to a promise keepers rally, and I think it was in Indianapolis, Indiana, at the state fairgrounds. I'm not sure about exactly where or what. We went to a promise keeper, and there was a guy that stood up and said, I used to be an atheist, an agnostic. I didn't believe God. I didn't believe the Bible. didn't believe none of this stuff. I thought it was all just a book that somebody wrote just to make money, you know? But at promise keepers meeting, he started studying. He was a newspaper, what do you call him? journalist or columnist whatever and he took the Bible and he says I'm going to look at every promise in the Bible and I'm going to see how that promise came true or if it didn't come true and everything in there and he came up with a probability of how that all could have happened was like one to the 600 millionth degree of all of those things coming together 
in line to prove that Jesus Christ was God's only son. Amen. He went to all that trouble. It took him three years, I believe he said, and he wrote books about all of the discoveries he made there. Amen. So when we say it's due time that Jesus Christ became our mediator, that means God took his time and the, from the beginning, if you would, wherever the beginning starts for him, and where he walked through the promises and had them all fulfilled and just based on historical facts, it would have took a lot of evidence to prove that God did everything he did. Every time we look at a calendar, it points us right back to Jesus Christ. You know, we're in 20, 23 A.D. You know what A.D. means? It means aminodemini is what it is, and that's Latin for the year of our Lord. Huh. So whenever time you write a check and put the date on it, you're reminded how far ago it's been since Jesus started uh, putting things in action for Jesus to be our mediator. Amen. But nothing really matters unless we take the action to live our lives and connect on a constant measure with that mediator. We have to have some kind of harmony of Christ in our lives. Amen? Whether it's reading your Bible, whether it's your prayer time, whether it's going to church, whether it's Sunday school, whatever it is, you make that connection with your mediator. You need to understand God put all that in motion just for us. Well, not us, for all. But all of us is part of it. So now when you see someone or, or remember someone that went to war for our country, you know what he was doing? He was a mediator for us. We didn't have to go to war. He did it for us. Amen? That's why as Americans, we are, if you would, very thankful and appreciative for those that have served in our stead. Amen? I was willing to go after they drafted me and drug me down there. If not, I would have passed the physical, I would have been there. Amen? I didn't. I was deaf in one ear. They wouldn't take me. I told the guy there, he said, um, does your hearing affect you in any way? And I told him the truth. I said, yes, it does. I think I hear everything because I was born this way, and what I hear is all I've ever heard. But I can't tell direction. When I'm somewhere and somebody says, dude, you, you ever watch me? Call me dude when I'm not looking at you. I'll start looking around. Try to figure out where it came from. I don't know where it came from. I hear, dude. But he said, well, and I told that guy in the army. He said, well, what would you do if somebody started shooting at you? You didn't know which direction it came from. I said, I'd start shooting in a circle until they quit shooting at me. He said, well, we, I don't think we can use you in the army. So he sent me home. Amen? Amen. You shoot at me, I'm going to stop it one way or another. Amen? All right. All right, so here we have uh, in our minds thinking we should be thankful for those mediators that did go to the battlefield for us and we can enjoy the liberties and freedom that they fought for. So be thankful for the sacrificial lives that gained that experience 
but took our place on the battlefield. But far more importantly, give thanks to Jesus, our mediator, and the connection he gave us between God and ourselves in the way we were living before we met Christ. For a Christian, every day is Memorial Day. You got to remember the sacrifice that was laid out every day. Thankfulness should be a main focus when we realize what others have done in our stead. Amen? I preached on prayer one time and it dawned on me. Every time we pray, the first thing out of our mouth should be, thank you. Amen? For what he's done to give us even the privilege of being able to say a prayer. Amen? Left to ourselves, none of us could pull ourselves up enough to make the connection with our creator because we need Jesus to make that connection. But thank God for Jesus Christ and the new agreement we have with him in our lives. And then we can share it with our brothers and sisters in unity and harmony. And then we can witness it to the world around us. That's what Christ called us to do. Amen. He didn't save you so you could just find a comfortable pew in the corner right by the air conditioner. Amen. It's a part of being a part of the church and witnessing what Christ can do in others' lives as well as what he's done in yours. Personally, I'd like to see a world that verse, 40, that verse number four is a reality. All men can be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. That truth is Jesus Christ and it must start with you and me and it must start on a daily basis. You know, as the priest went into the temple daily and made his sacrifices so that the people that he was sacrificing for could have, if you would, a clear conscience. Huh, you know what we need to do every day? Go before Christ just to clear our conscience, just to let him know where we stand. And I'm thankful for what you taught me yesterday, Jesus. Help me live up to it today and teach me more today so tomorrow I can do the same thing in my daily sacrifice to you, just like the priest did in the Old Testament. Amen? I think of Jesus Christ as the American Express slogan, don't leave home without it. Amen? And remember, Jesus never said it'd be easy, just worth it.